building their downtown. So that's just the, the goal of both of those is to really, you know, attract some large companies and, and inhabit the large buildings that they're building. Yeah, it seems like a great place to be. And like you just said, the growth is there. Um, I've actually, St. Petersburg is where I'm going to be staying. So that's nice you say that the, the, the area is a good place to be. You're going to love it there. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's uh, let's move into next question. What roles uh, are easy to find down there? And then the next question being, what's hard to find down there on your end? It's a tricky, it's a tricky question. Uh, you yep. know, from kind of an, an easier to find or, or where folks are a little bit more ubiquitous, you know, I'll say this and across the nation, is that everywhere across the country it's hard to find tech talent, and it's especially difficult to find good tech talent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but what we're seeing is that, you know, from a systems um, networking and help desk side, we, we have a good uh, pool of candidates there. Um, from pure .NET development, doing uh, software uh, development or doing, uh, you know, basic, you know, web applications, we're seeing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a decent supply there. Where we're missing a lot of people or where Tampa doesn't have a lot of people um, is in cloud. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of companies that have done a lot of work with AWS uh, or Azure yep. or the Google Cloud, so we're, we're, we're definitely uh, lacking talent there. We're missing a lot of folks that are true JavaScript developers, so have been involved in Angular, uh, you know, yep. JS for a while, so we're, we're missing those types of folks. Um, I think that there's a large run on security people uh, right now as well. I think everybody is looking to beef up their security team, so we're missing those folks uh, as well. Um, part of that is purely the growth of companies wanting to add a lot of these resources that may not exist, right? And I think that yeah. that's where we have an issue with you know, your supply and demand is what you're looking for as a demand does it actually exist as a supply, or is it mm-hmm. worth, and this is where our job is to try to help coach and, and train companies that we work with and develop that talent. And that's where Tampa, to be, to be quite frank with you, is where Tampa struggled is in the training piece of it, is really taking somebody uh, that, that has the potential skill set and the aptitude to then be molded up into, into something that, somebody that can actually do uh, you know, some of these higher-end things that they're seeking. Yeah, so then uh, going off of that, what's, what's training like for someone like that? What do you recommend? Yeah, I, you know, I, w- I would say for companies um, that for them, they need to get on message. Uh, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. times we have our CEOs, we have our VPs of HR, and, and you've probably encountered this as well, that will go to colleges, they'll go to universities, they'll speak at events where they talk about wanting to retain uh, local college talent and keeping college talent there. The biggest problem that we're facing, especially here in Tampa, and I would imagine this is true elsewhere, is that once you go down the line and once you go down to the middle manager level, there's a disconnect between needing to get a project done and finding and hiring somebody that has a few years of experience that can come in and immediately help, and maybe they're not as adept, maybe they're not as intelligent, but they've done that project before and they can slide them in compared to hiring somebody that is maybe fresh out of college or with just a little bit of experience, training them up, teaching them your systems and your process and your procedure. And then once you do that, now not only have you trained an employee on the way that you want things done, you've now created a loyal employee. And so that's what we're, that's what we're missing. So a lot of what my job is and then some of the advisory boards uh, that I sit on, our goal is just to really focus on 
finding local talent and developing talent in schools. So partnering up yeah, that's awesome. with HR and CTOs and CIOs and going to the University of Tampa or going to USF or going to UCF or UF or FSU or wherever the case might be and working with them on curriculum to make sure that what they're learning in school is actually going to benefit the individuals when they graduate to be able to contribute to the enterprise right away. So that's where we're, you know, that's where we're working. And I'll tell you that's a, it's a, it's a high mountain to climb, but I think it'll be worth it. And it's going to be better for Tampa as a whole, because right now we're losing talent to Raleigh, to Charlotte, to Austin, to Nashville, yeah. because they're giving yeah. these kids the opportunities that, that right now aren't existent here. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I've, I've encountered that myself a few times and it seems like a great thing to, pioneer down there in Tampa. I, I commend you for doing that because the students will learn a lot and they'll uh, stay with their employers. Yeah, and it's important for the city of Tampa, right? It's important that if talent is here, then why let it leave to go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. what they're doing in Austin and Nashville and Phoenix and Raleigh, Charlotte, that, that stuff can be done and is being done here. Maybe the students just don't know about what companies are doing that here. Or maybe the companies yeah. that say they care about keeping talent local aren't doing that, and maybe they just haven't looked at themselves in the mirror. And in reality, mm-hmm. it's nobody's fault that that's happened. It's just a matter of what can we do to now correct that issue. And so that's what I've really – that's the, the one avenue that I've really tried to focus on my four years in Tampa is how are we communicating. And it doesn't even happen at the college level as well, or only it happens at the middle school and high school level as well. Are we training our students to be able to contribute? Are we giving them access to know – what the Tampa Bay market looks like from an IT perspective, and then are we giving students the curriculum in college to be able to contribute right away? Yeah. That, so, so going off of that, how do you define success with doing that? I, I don't know. That's a, it's a loaded question, and, and I don't know <laughs> if, if I can answer that question other than yep. looking yep. back year over year and saying, are we doing things a little bit better? Did we give mm-hmm. some more students the opportunity to be able to connect to local programs? Uh, did we allow some students to learn about um, you know, a, 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 a company that, that is doing great things here that maybe doesn't have the PR or marketing budget to be able to go out to all of these career fairs or um, you know, did they learn a new skill or did they, you know, did we challenge their thinking on something? Um, you know, but I, I think until we see Tampa really continue to rise as a place that, you know, millennials and students are moving to for opportunities and until we see the number of people that are leaving the Tampa area for these other emerging markets, especially in that core, you know, 22 to 29 year old range, uh, that's how we'll define success. But the way that I'm going to define success is individually. Have we been able to individually help? You know, if we can help one person, that's awesome. If we can help 10 people, that's yeah. even better, right? So yeah. if I can help 100 students or 100 companies or 100, you know, VPs or CEOs of companies and say, hey, there's awesome talent here, then that's success to me. But, you know, it, it takes a village on this problem, and I think we're now <laughs> just, we're just yeah, starting to just create the surface. That, that people are listening to. Yeah, I mean, that's all great stuff. I, I, uh, knew very little about tech when I was in school and would have appreciated uh, a push in that direction and some continuing education. So it's great. Right. And it, and it's tough because the education that we're taught in computer science, computer programming, MIS uh, programs, they're not always what are going to be able to allow you to contribute right away. Um, and so it's working with, 
with universities on what is that programming and where are the gaps and where can a student come in and immediately help a company right away. We know that students when they graduate or get involved you know, with a company when they're fresh out of school, and it doesn't even have to be a college. It can be out of a trade school. It could be self-taught. It could be through one of these you know, intensive boot camp type programs. You know, whatever it is, how can they come in and immediately start making an impact on the bottom line while you teach them up? Because that's what we found is that the middle managers are told, hey, we need to get this project done, and we have a nine-month deadline, and we need to make sure that it gets done because if it doesn't get done, then I as the middle manager could potentially lose my job. So we need yeah. to change our thinking there, and we need to say, hey, it's okay to train and to teach and to grow, and it's okay that – you know, to spend resources on developing this talent. Let's find an area that they can contribute right away. Maybe it's doing some help desk work while we teach them some development. Maybe it's doing some front-end work. Maybe it's doing some database, you know, work, some minimal database work. But ultimately, we're teaching them, taking a vested interest in their growth. That's when we're going to start to see that paid dividend. But if it's always, well, this person's done it, they've been there, they have three years of experience, we can afford to pay them a little bit more because we know that they'll come in and contribute, you're always going to then lose people to areas that are giving people the opportunities. And you can't just build your job market on people that are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. You really need to start younger than that. Certainly, that's awesome. Um, moving into our last question I'll ask, and then uh, we can go from there. What do you look for in a hire? What makes someone special? Yeah, I, I would say uh, attitude is the most important thing. Attitude, personality, um, hunger, all of those things to every single one of my clients is the most important thing that they look for. They look for communication mm -hmm. skills. They look for them to be able to know how to, to write um, business requirements or know how to properly carry themselves. Um, you know, there's never been a placement that I've had where somebody – didn't fit in the company culture where they're just like, eh, I just need somebody, so I'm going to hire this person. Always, always, always companies are saying, I need somebody that fits my company, and then I need somebody that can do the job, right? Because if you don't, there's just so many other issues that can be, uh, can be created. So definitely personality, a hunger, an attitude, a desire to, to grow. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, as we look for, you know, you know if it's necessary, um, you know, continuing education, involvement, are they involved in user groups, are they involved uh, in getting certificates, are they involved uh, in continuing education through a university, are they involved in IT at home, do they play around with, you know, servers and routers, or do they develop on their own, do they love technology, that's something that uh, is exciting uh, for people that we work with. And then finally, what does their resume look like? And it's not about which companies they've worked for. It's about, the, it's about the ability for them to tell their story on their resume. So what have mm -hmm. they done? What do they want to do? Are they seeking professional growth? Uh, and not everybody is, and that's, and that's perfectly fine, but I need to be able to communicate that to my clients about where they, uh, what their interest is, because not everybody wants to be a CIO or a manager of AppDev, and that's perfectly fine. But I need to know that in you know, having a good resume <laughs> with a good story about who you are uh, is important. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That's awesome content. Thanks for thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I and I appreciate the opportunity to share because I think and another another piece just for people that are listening, I think it's important that you look at your resume as your story and don't limit 
your story just because somebody's told you that a resume only needs to be one page long or only needs to be two pages long. You know, make your resume who you are. Explain what you've done. Explain your achievements and your accomplishments because that's what people ultimately want to see. But if you've been, you know, a director or an application development engineer for 20 years and you've worked for 10 or 12 different companies, trying to fit that all on one or two pages isn't going to tell your story. I want to hear about what you did, what you were able to accomplish. That allows me then to find common, you know, common interests and commonalities that we may have and be able to figure out how you fit in big picture. Because again, it's not just about do you check the box in X, Y, and Z on technology. It's you know, who do you fit in into our enterprise, into our company, into our team. Because as big as a lot of these companies are, they're all siloed into really small teams. And am I going to enjoy sitting next to this person you know, 40 hours, 50 hours a week for the next couple of years? And if we can yeah. find common interest from the beginning, and I know their story, it's going to be a heck of a lot more success. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I wish more people would work on telling their story when they share their resume instead of just defining uh, what their job responsibilities were. Yeah, you know, and we see it all the time. I mean, I probably look at over 100 resumes a week, um, probably closer to 200 resumes a week, and it's interesting to see how many people have just copied and pasted their job description into what their job was, you know, at X, Y, and Z company. Tell me about what you were able to accomplish. Tell us about the project, you know, that you built. Tell us, were you able to beat deadlines? You know, were you able to, mm -hmm. you know, learn, you know, new and emerging technologies? Were you involved on, you know, your on the Agile team there, or were you involved in some leadership committee, or were you involved in something with the company? Tell me who you are, you know, outside of just these words and acronyms on a sheet of paper. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, yeah gosh, I appreciate yeah. The, uh, the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that last little, little piece about telling your story and doing a good job about telling what you did while you were there instead of focusing on the responsibilities. I'll definitely uh, keep that one in mind. I think it's important, and I, I think it gets lost because everybody keeps telling people, hey, resumes only need to be one page long or two pages long, or people will get lost. The mm -hmm. reason people stop paying attention to resumes is because they're boring or they don't find any value or can't find any interest in them. It's not because they're too long. You know, at the end of the day, people are looking when they look at your resume, and I'll tell you, they're looking to find out certain information, and their eyes are kind of going all over the page looking for information about you. People don't usually read a resume from top down. They're kind of glancing over it until they see things. If I can see your resume telling your story, your accomplishments, what you achieved, what your team was able to achieve, what your company achieved while you were there, I'm going to be a heck of a lot more interested in continuing to read that throughout the process rather than you just, you know, rather than somebody just copying and pasting, you know, their job description from each position because that's not going to tell me a lot. That's just going to tell me the date that you worked somewhere and that you just put a little bit of effort into your resume. Your resume is literally your foot into the door and you're saying, this is who I am. Are you interested in, in talking to me? And it's amazing how few people um, really spend a lot of time on, on fine-tuning their resume um, because that truly is a representative of who you are um, when you're not there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I've seen some great resumes and I've seen some average ones. That's definitely a, definitely a good way to differentiate yourself in the market. And I've seen terrible ones. I've seen people that have different yeah. fonts, different margins, you know, different colors. Uh, you know, for, for goodness sake, I mean, just run it through, uh, you know, Times New Roman, 
size 11 font and make the margins the same and make it at least somewhat, you know, the, the, the formatting at least marginally correct, uh, you know, across the board. And that's going to go a long way, you know, compared to just kind of willy-nilly throwing it together. Yeah, sounds great. Um, definitely want to thank you for coming on the, the first episode. Hopefully uh, next time we have you on, we don't have nearly as many technical difficulties at the beginning. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate your time and, uh, and your continued effort in trying to make this work. And let me know if you need anything. And uh, I wish you the best of luck, man. I'm rooting for you. Uh, from, ta- yep. uh, from, from Tampa up to uh, North Carolina, <laughs> let me know if you need anything. Yep. And uh, definitely give me a buzz when you're down in, uh, down in Florida. I will. Thanks, Dan. Awesome. Thanks so much, buddy. Well, I guess we should get started. A little background. We've known each other for a few years now, and you've 